0: When I'm out in the public, or I'm doing shopping,
1: or I'm going
0: for coffee, I want to be able to finish my sentences. I want to be understood without being humiliated or dismissed. I want to be able to talk and express my opinions and feelings openly when I've been really or told to hurry us.
1: Because we're all human means we're all equal. Irish Human Rights and Equality Commission. Learn more at
0: ihrec.ie Brian O'Driscoll. I'm off the ball. With Vodafone. Official sponsors of the Irish rugby team. Team of us.
1: Everyone in... Alright, the November internationals are in the books. The URC is back this weekend, but it's time for us. A- the OTV podcast network with GetsEtGo. Car insurance is boring, but saving money bounces it into brilliance. Enter promo code SPORT and save 40 euro off your car insurance with getsetgo.ie luxuriating some of the best quality performances that we've seen back to back. It's like over 100 points scored, three wins, the defence looking good. Brian, what could possibly go wrong? It's, uh,
0: you know, we're, we're a winning rugby culture all of a sudden. Thanks, we've never been here before. And we're definitely um, not going to get carried away. No. I, do you know what? We Like I said, after the New Zealand game, we'll enjoy the moment, but I think be very aware of, you know, of past transgressions um, in this, in a very similar position. It does feel they're in a better spot i'll tell you why is because um all of their game um and what i perceive to be the difficulty around defending and it's not a game plan obviously that teams can go and analyze and go okay let's you know shut this down or this is how we counter it because they're playing heads up because they're, they've are they got multiple options. And I think that's the exciting thing from my perspective is being able to watch and see how the game will evolve from decision-making rather than a shape being different. If you... Someone has to be open. It's, no defence can lock down every possible outlet. So if you can pick the right ones, which they did an awful lot over the course of November, you get the success that they had. So I, that coupled with fantastic defence um, which was the backbone of their performances Andy Farrell said it so there's lots to be very very positive about and excited about and that next the, you know, next up the Six Nations is will be interesting viewing because England feel they're in a great spot as well France do likewise you know, Wales had a good win against Australia, so uh, Scotland are emerging again. So it feels like Northern Hemisphere rugby is back on a high again, and it makes for very competitive viewing in, in February March.
1: It does. And the other thing about this is it seems like there's not one single unifying reason for the success that you can look at um, Andy Farrell is coming into a level of maturity he's added a backroom team that has very clearly defined roles O'Connell's getting a lot of credit Mike cat's game plan seems to be coming to fruition uh, their law changes seems to be having a, a positive impact in terms of what Ireland are capable of doing and uh, our players are all of a sudden
0: fit, which, you know, touch wood most of our players were available and strong I think that's a big. You know, became collision winners this November, and and game plans. Is that down a, to the personnel in some ways that like Yeah, I think it's 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 a it's a, a number of different factors. There's obviously, high fitness levels, a lot of work done in the gym, and and you know, strength training.
1: Porter and Furlong on the field at the same like time.
0: Th- those two just Furlong looks like a man mountain. He really does. I think there's a huge security that comes with his presence on the field as well because you know he's ready for the hardship part, the scrummaging, you know, doing his job at line-out time. But his ball-carrying, but the subtlety of his skills as well, when you have a tight-head prop that's able to do that, it lets other people, you know, focus on their roles. There's You're not worried about players finding themselves in particular positions, not having to overthink the lineup, particularly when they're trying to get into their phase play. So when they, they try and get that pod of three off the nine... You're not worried about who the ball player is at two. It does. It's, it feels quite seamless, and I think you've you've really seen a development of individuals being able to come in and play a game plan a bit akin to what we've seen in Leinster over the course of the last two or three years. It hasn't really mattered who the individuals are. That there's a seamless transition in, irrespective of their experience or how they how they've you know done previously or why they're in there, and. And that makes for a very, very competitive environment, which maybe we haven't had over the course of the last couple of years. We've really lent on a number of individuals, but there has been this emergence of new players coming through that we should get excited about. That,
1: that point is really interesting just to tease out because um, in the past, it felt like uh, whoever the ball carrier was supposed to be in that pod was preordained. And so if the wrong player was in the wrong position, you would see a lot of like, you know, you, you, you got, and all of a sudden, the ball is slowed down, and the opposition defensive line is up, and somebody gets lined up, and they get smashed, and we're behind the game line. Whereas now it's just flow.
0: Yeah, it's, it, bit, it's more flow. Stage. It does feel as though they're able to get into that shape very easily. Like before, we were waiting for the setup to happen. It feels that it's organically happening much quicker, and so you don't have Gibson Park or Casey or or Murray waiting for that set up to move the ball away from the base of a rook because we all know that as no longer it takes you to set up the you know the more time the defense has to to get into their positioning and swap the swap the right personnel in closer to rooks and so on so why is that happening um i think you've got just comfort in in everyone being able to play every role and um and sometimes you'll see the tight forwards out wide, um, you'll see the front rowers out wide, but you see Kelleher comfort Kelleher. in the tram. Wow. Um, likewise, yeah. Furlong out in the fifteen meter trail, um, area, where you know he's he's equally adept as he is in the loose, and that's there's a huge comfort that comes with that. That it is that numbers on your back become irrelevant after the first phase. Um, the thing I've I've that that's been most impressive for me is. Besides the seamlessness of getting into that shape is the, the selection of what they do and the variety of what they do in that first pod. And it goes to second receiver most of the time. The second person lined up, they can carry or they can stick it out the back they can hit the runner outside them on the short runner who's trying to check the inside defence or they can pop it inside, which they've done. And it's the variety of all four plays keeps the defence guessing. And what they're trying to do is they're trying to disjoint a defence out wide most of the time. Sometimes when they, they, they feel the need to carry forward and then set up another pod or then go to 10. But the plays out the back, you're trying to get the defence out wide vulnerable they're pressing hard and we saw it in the New Zealand game um, where you know their um, Perinara tried to play high a couple of times and got caught out because they've got the right depth out wide to be able to pick the right pass to run the right lines and a couple of times at, at the weekend Robbie Henshaw probably played a bit too aggressively having not been in that system that regularly. Um so for him, you know, to be able to learn his speed and timing on, on striking onto it or just being the playmaker, that'll come with more time in camp as well. But I think it's it's how he's they've kept the defence guessing so much inside. So they're sticking the first four or five defenders from the rook. And it creates this dog leg outside which which is a nervousness from a defensive um, perspective where you want to have the security of that one line but all of a sudden if you're shooting out you've got to make the read right and if you get it wrong you can really be put to the sword what makes this a little bit different as well it feels is that we haven't thrown out
1: the possibility of using the strike plays or the accuracy of the breakdown that was the hallmark of the Schmidt era by keeping Andy Farrell from that coaching ticket we're actually able to lean back on
0: all of that mm. and that's still all there as part of the IP and I think a huge amount of that though that certainly the Rook is very Pauly centered um, you know he was a, he was a real student of um, joe 's detail around the rook, and the detail of the of the rook starts with being a collision winner um, if you can get ascendancy um, particularly when you have the ball in attack i 'm talking mostly, but it 's relevant in defense too, but if in attack, if you can win that that advantage line even by inches winning inches versus losing inches hasn 't positive knock on effect to what you do next, but the accuracy of the clear out of not sending too many bodies to rooks and I think that's one other thing the the ability to look after rooks with one or two individuals clearing out allows others to realign for the next phase and they're not second-guessing whether a job is being done. They see the bodies, they're able to read it and identify, we've got two to that, I can play in the next pod, on the next phase. Sometimes you'll see a security runner, Josh van der Fleer, does it very well where he'll just play that extra body, that loose forward to just make sure that ball is one if they feel a little bit light. But for the most part, they're, the imagery that is showing in front of them to be able to identify what the outlook looks in in being able to clear and and be efficient at ruck time has become very evident across the board. And so it allows them to get their shape out wider on the next phase. Uh, And so in training, what's O'Connell doing to make that? How does that happen? Well, I think that's a technical aspect about just being very good at ruck time. So that's the, the clear outside of things, winning the shoulder predominantly. In a game now where we're seeing you know, referees awarding the, the jackler very early, they have to show a clear picture of trying to get the ball. It's just making sure you get under that. Or if they do win the shoulder initially, how do you get them out forcefully to make the referee, make it a difficult decision for them where they might be on the ball, for, the jackler might be on the ball for um, for a second. But if you're able to twist or, and, and manipulate that contact point and get them off the ball referees want someone to be on the ball two, three seconds if you can deny them the three seconds you stand a chance of not turning that ball over and I just think more often than not they've won the shoulder they've gotten in and they've identified the threat before it's arrived and in doing that it means they're able to get a lower body position it's that airplane taking off rather than the one landing is making sure that it's a positive picture to the, to the referee that you're not trying to seal off that you're um, that you're, you're trying to play positively but also just getting there and, and preempting where you need to be before the opposition do There was a real chance that after the high
1: of the All Blacks game and the atmosphere and playing for the first time for some of them in front of a full house that there would be a bit of a letdown against Argentina and that first half against Argentina was scrappy enough. If Argentina had kicked their, their penalties, which they should have because they weren't difficult, and if your man hadn't dropped the ball on the line, then Argentina would have actually been ahead of us at that stage. So it wasn't, uh, it wasn't that we killed Argentina in the first half, but it was the fact that they kept playing the new style and they, they didn't uh, dissipate from what they were trying to do, that there was a confidence there, even though there was late changes to the team, it was all interchangeable. It, was, it felt like it's a very well-drilled team. And that's the hallmark
0: of good coaching. Mm. Yeah, it's all really come together. It really has, you know, in, in, and we talked earlier this month about... The uncertainty over the last two years about what this shape was, what it was looking like, how was it not it hadn 't been manifesting itself in any overall performances. There are patches, yeah, but then it does feel as though the England it's, game it felt it's like it's a eventually complete island. clicked it does yeah it does, and, and sometimes a victory against a you know a, a, a superpower like England are, even though they 've had a poor six nations. It, it didn't matter it felt like it was a real catalyst for that shape to evolve over the course of the summer with the lions away but then when they got into camp again it felt like they picked up where they left off in six nations so um and then you get a you know you get a really great performance against japan you play the best team in the world in new zealand and and beat and beat them and then you know the easy thing to do would have been to have scrapped to a victory or beaten Argentina by twenty points because of their physicality, because they're scrappers. But to put fifty on them, I think was was it was a resounding um, message that they they feel as though they've really clicked as a team, and that when they're at their best, they can really they can they can build a score. Any time, when when have we beaten Argentina by fifty points? I don't care at the end of their season, what not. Fifty is a big number against a tier one nation like them.
1: Yeah, and the performance against New Zealand was good enough to have like a little bit more accuracy in it. You know, we, we left a lot of points on the yeah, well, that,
0: that's another two scores. You know, they, they should have been touching forty in the New Zealand game. What twenty nine? It was um, like we'd
1: learned from the New Zealand game as well. There was like uh, a far more dynamism when we were close in. There was a period at the end of the first half in particular that, of that New Zealand game that I'd say, they'll look back on and go, OK, this is what we did wrong and here's
0: what we did in the next game to fix that. We just need to keep doing that. Yeah, but uh, I, but also with that, I, the, the efficiency um, and the decision-making of going to the corner. I think in Ireland have, were um, one of the first teams, the an instigator of of going to the corner a lot more and turning down those three points and it feels like there's a big progression in the game that now those, those that, that you're going to need tries and that even in test match rugby kicking threes sometimes isn't Enough. I did to wonder to about Squeeze that. pressure, and it does feel it feels very alien to my time. Well, what if we're in a World Cup quarter final? What are we going to do? What do you think? Is, is I, are we are we? I doing think they're going to they're going to go that route now. I think they are because they backed themselves, and the sorry, My point was that the efficiency they sh- they show and the threat, even when they haven't delivered, it looks as though for all money that they're going to score a try, and for you know the odd knock on or being held up or you know or a great piece of defensive play on a few occasions over the course of, of November where they, they were denied, um or, or a double movement. Yeah. So but it you look at how easy, particularly against um Argentina, how how easy they've they managed to maul them over a couple yeah. of times. And playing in close close quarters, and that comes from Porter and Keller and um Furlong setting the tone, but then having um Doris's aggressive carrying, Josh van der Fleer the most improved player in that Irish rugby setup. Maybe Irish rugby. I think he's been phenomenal. The real, he's been the quietly gone about his business, but I think a, a huge, uh, hugely impactful November series for him that has stamped him as Ireland's number one seven.
1: Yeah, which was like one of our most competitive spots. Uh, will Connors is just back training this week, and people will forget, but he was there or thereabouts in terms of possession of the of that shirt.
0: Just before he got injured. So, and what about Dan Levy? We haven't. When I've mentioned Dan Levy, he was the the Great White Hope a couple of years ago before his injury, that Grand Slam year. Um, so, you know, Josh van der Fleer has obviously gone away and listened to the messaging from his coaching ticket, and the aggressiveness of his ball carrying is the real standout point. He's not the biggest guy in the world, no, but, but he he yeah. he hits it like he means it.
1: Uh, that's about knowing. That's about. That, not thinking
0: is it like i think understanding like, that and that's an intuition about running good lines running square trying to catch the defense before um they realize um they're in trouble um and you just have to be a fraction of a second ahead in your thought process and I think he manages to do that I think he's a very very clever player probably doesn't get the credit that he deserves from that point of view but every team needs one of them just a security blanket of being I mentioned about you know, the security in the Rooks um, making a nuisance of himself as a tackler, as a jackler in the second efforts, clearing rucks, just it's the dirty work. And we've seen so much of Conan and Doris, but you can't have three ball-carrying performers. Josh has stepped up when he's needed to in that regard, but he's doing so much dirty work as well. And and very, very low error count as well. I saw a bad one bad pass at the weekend to Doris' inside shoulder that he'll be kicking himself for. But I, I'm, I'm thrilled for him because I think... There was question marks around him whether he could step up
1: truly consistently
0: yeah. at that international level. But I think this November really feels as though he's, he's put that to bed. And, and hopefully he'll have that confidence to to, to now that he is the, the guy in possession of the jersey, that he'll continue with those performances. He's come back from a very serious hip injury as well. So that would have slowed
1: him down. Fingers crossed he, he manages to manage that for the rest of the time and the rest of the time is between now and the World Cup Mm. Um, like next year we have three tests in New Zealand we go to London to play England and we go to Paris to play France so we should enjoy this now because next year is going to be a very serious year in terms of our credentials versus those and we learn a lot more about them Um, so I I, like the whole thing about
0: getting carried away and peaking too soon what are you going to do? Yeah, what are you going to do? And, and you, People are, oh, we've been here before and you guys will never learn. But you've got to enjoy the highs as well. You Otherwise know, there's no point. No, there's no point. So I think this time round we'll be reticent to lose our mind that we're the best team in the world. I think we're very content and happy with, where, with the progression of the team. So much of the messaging has been... This isn't us. This isn't us at our peak, and they're very. It's almost self messaging. I think yeah. that they realise they need to continually evolve and get better and, um, and and produce. But it's it's a lovely time to be able to look back on the last month and be excited about looking forward without um, putting you know trophy expectations. Or you, you would you would imagine that they should be targeting a victory in New Zealand, one of the three not expecting to win the series but one of the three I think would be they would be hopeful for on the back of of the performances we've seen this November yeah and they're, do- they're definitely good enough to do that um,
1: the the a couple of years ago, we did a piece with Peter O'Mahony. He, he talked about the crippling effect of the the nerves pre-match. He was fine once the game started, but he found the the day before and uh, being it was the Shelburne part when there was grand when it was you guys were out in camp. But when you get into the city centre and the match was imminent, he found that bit really hard, and he found the bit to the stadium hard. But then once the game started, obviously he was he, you know judging from his performances it was pretty amazing this week he was talking about enjoying the whole thing Mm. and he played like somebody who was reborn and happy to be in the role of somebody who was coming on to close games and like this squad is not going to be a squad where it's just the new young kids who come in and, and all of a sudden everything is fixed by the youth you're going to need to get big performances from him and Ian Henderson who is before he comes on the most experienced player in the field like again that 's a really good
0: sign for the coaching ticket and the environment they 're creating you you nailed it there i think you, you don 't want to beat up a, a previous regime, but I think there 's a contrast to the World Cup messaging around you know they felt quite stunted in what they you know their development you know there was there was over scrutiny of performance and And maybe the messaging wasn't getting the most out of them, Um, even though the coaching had been very successful for a period of time. So it does feel as though there's an environment that they're really they're flourishing in that they're excited enjoying one another's company um, the coaching ticket obviously you look at all their personalities and they're all pretty easygoing people even though they take their, their business very seriously John Fogerty, Paulie um, Fogarty's Simon. on having a laugh as the water boy in the middle of the game like. yeah. <laughs> um, and Andy all of them are quite they're similar in, in many of their aspects of personality um, and that that seems to have a, be having a positive impact on their players it, it's i'm not saying that these things remain forever but it, it you should they should enjoy that now and that comes with success as well and success sometimes does paper over cracks but i but it does feel a lot of what they're saying right now is that they have it feels like they've got an awful lot of input themselves and they're playing heads up and they're getting their their not overly subjected to a particular game style, a uh, game plan or style. That they are there's a lucidity to being able to express themselves where they 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 see fit, and they're thriving on the back of that information. Andy Farrell specifically said that we in the northern hemisphere have
1: repeatedly been told about how we're hardworking. But he believes more than that, that we have skills, that we are skillful people. And it's not a message. It, it, I was drawing comparisons between that and what Stephen Kennedy's talking about. The football team is like, our football culture is not just kick and rush. We can actually be creative if, we're, if we invest in people and tell them that you're capable of doing this, as opposed to constantly saying, you're going to bash it up. We're going to be really strong at the set pieces.
0: We're going to smother the opposition. Don't try anything else. I have to say, I'm, I, I do, I'm looking on enviously at the moment of the style and how how many people are looking for the pass? They don't throw it every time, but as as offloaders, yeah, you know, by not throwing it every time, you keep fifteen everybody years honest. ago there was three or four offloads in a game if you were lucky, and so it's a mindset. Then you don't run the support lines of that you know it's not because it's, it's highly unlikely. But yeah. now, if you look at every time they win a collision, they're trying to get their arms free, get through you know into the space and. And look for someone to hopefully get it get through that hole if it 's not on fine recycle, but it's you know they're they're trying to play heads up on what's in front of them and express themselves and I do think that that is bringing the best out of them I think someone like James Lowe as well also um, typifies. A
1: little bit of, of the evolution in this whole thing. Uh, yeah, bollocks has always given out about my D. It was a hilarious post-match. But it's true. Everybody was always giving out about his D. I'd say he was hearing that from his Leinster coaches as well. So it
0: wasn't just um, the the people. He knew it too, by the way. He yeah. knew it too. He knows in his own head. You're, you're your own worst critic. Otherwise, you're deluded. And you're not going to get picked for very long if you're deluded. So he knew it. And he, he just was trying to make light of it all and have fun. Because that's in his personality. But... But many is a true word said in jest as well.
1: Yeah, it felt a little bit like uh, he found international rugby to be that step up that everybody talks about. Oh, it's a totally different kettle of fish from the uh, Champions Cup. The Champions Cup is totally different from the whatever league it's called. And that's true, right? And like, despite the fact he's old for a test debutant, he still is cutting his teeth. So ten twelve caps in is a good time to make a, a judgment on him. I think now he's going to be a very valuable member for this team. Whether or not he's first choice if everybody's fit, he probably is at the moment. Hopefully, he puts pressure on everybody else to raise their game. And it was good management to keep him in the team as opposed to saying right off you go.
0: Yeah, it was good management, and there were definitely question marks around his selection for the Japanese game. There were th- does he warrant to merit that? But obviously he was showing enough. You know in. Um, you know in camp to to justify another um another opportunity you have to remember too what he does deliver going forward he, even though he was um, kind of somewhat negated in 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 um the in his attack performances in the early test matches um you know because of that that bigger physicality I think now he 's had a, a chance to adjust he knows that he needs to raise his attack game from Champions Cup to international you don't get away with the same yardage in one competition to the next and I think now that's dawned on him but also obviously going away and doing all the work from a defensive point of view and he had some big moments um, that, that, that absolutely builds confidence to think, okay, now I have improved it's a, and half of it is about the self-messaging about reminding yourself that building your internal confidence not what other people think of you but what you think of yourself And in
1: retrospect, that's the benefit of the England win is that it gave everybody this jolt of confidence to go, actually, you know what, we're on the
0: right track here Totally, totally And you, you do you, you, in, in anything In any turnaround You need a catalyst of some sort And sometimes it's a, it's a one-off moment And sometimes it's a Progressional thing But it did feel like It was a massive Leap forward in the right direction In what they were trying to do What they were trying to achieve But In all of this It comes back to Being collision winners again That game plan's no good If you're on the back foot no game plans any good on the back foot. They might be able to create some chance, but it's way tougher because you know you're 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 not thinking aggressively, you're thinking um, kind of reactive to a bad situation. How do we get the most out of this bad situation versus we've got them on the ropes, we've got them going backwards. So it's it's such a, a mental part to the game, but Within the physical aspect, you've got to win collisions. I heard um, second row for New Zealand captain Sam Whitelock um, talking about the messaging at half time in the French game. They were saying, We thought about being collision winners and letting the rook take care of itself. That is the simplicity of the game. It's so much easier to win fast ruck ball when you're going forward than it is going back and I'll say that for the next 10 years if I'm on this show it's not going to ever change it was the same 30 years ago yeah so you're you you have to first and foremost physically impose yourself and that's why South Africa have had such huge success and with a team that maybe isn't playing the most beautiful brand of rugby but and it they're is. not going anywhere anytime no. soon no they're, not. they're you know they've had great success over the summer too too
1: is it wrong that in 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 what we're doing at the moment it seems like we're we're trying to be smarter about the collisions that it's not just brute force that actually we're employing more footwork and we're the offload at of the point of the, the little pop pass before the collision happens is that you set the it's your strongest part against their weak shoulder that it's not just
0: stereotypical we're going to bash you until we're dead but should, like we've learned in the past trying to take people on at their own game england south africa france new zealand we've come off second best consistently to beat those teams we're going to have to use that physical prowess and and, and ability we have but well, also, i was thinking of the france
1: game where we actually we
0: beat them up yeah. we beat them so badly that five of our players were left bloodied on the ground to the point where they were out for 6 months we got to beat them with an intelligence now and yeah. make life easier for us for ourselves we don't have the same number of athletes that other teams have those those teams that i mentioned we just don't our our depth goes to 30 maybe 35 of really great quality now but beyond that it's a significant fall off so we want to hold on to them so how do you how do you modify your game a little bit just to make it that bit easier to play week on week to play uninjured to play for 60 or 70 minutes as a front rower to not take on, you know, endless amounts of ball. I remember the the, the a really good analogy is Skulk Berger, and remember his early days that that blonde hair bobbing up and down and running in and just trying to make holes for people. You know, he had then had a long-term injury, had a bad illness, and came back and there was question marks as to whether he could do it again. And he became a playmaker. He realised, if I want to stay in this game for another two, three, four years, I've got to modify and change things. And I've got to present one picture and then become a distributor out the back as well. And that's what you're seeing in that front pod. You're seeing the same picture each time of carrying forward aggressive lines outside and, and, uh, inside and out with someone out the back. And also the very last second a defense is going, I don't know which option this is, so we've got to respect them all. And then you pick the right one, it creates space and uncertainty elsewhere. And the variety of it. If you if you you know, throw that every time, well players will play off you. Whereas you see Furlong and Kelleher, they get stuck with the pass, they don't pass on rubbish as well. They carry and go, Right, you know, hard yards here. Yeah. Let's build on the next phase. It's just really smart decision making in, in kind of what seems like um moments that that aren't impactful in the game, but they all those micro moments have a big it's the overall outcome. Though. It is the aggregation.
1: And over season as well. And like uh, if, even if it's 10% fewer rooks, that means 10% less impacts, and all that kind of stuff is, is hopefully going to help our injury profile. To, just to keep uh, uh, pumping the hype machine for a couple of minutes' time uh, before we, we start looking at uh, what else happened over November, which might slow us down a little bit. Um, if uh, Stephen Ferris and Jamie Heaslip were like hewn into one human being. You'd get Kay Doris. That's what it felt like. In over the course of it, it, was like, wow, look at this, because he's been very hyped. We've been hearing about Doris for about five or six years. Like, wait until this guy. And I was like, oh, he can't be that. You know, he, can't, he couldn't possibly live up to this, but he's living up to it. That yeah.
0: was. I, I think you're not, not, no, that's not a, f- a fair phrase to say. You're not doing you're doing him a disservice because they were two phenomenal players but I think genuinely the potential he ha- he has I'm not saying he's showing it yet but I think you can potentially incorporate Dennis Leamy's hands in there and I think you've got the amalgamation maybe of those three players all those together the best version of that I think that's what Caelan Darris could become Um, he's a a, a real rugby smart he again isn't afraid of getting his hands dirty Um, but his link play and overall intelligence is um, is the exciting thing and you've obviously got the athlete um, and his ability to ride out that that initial tackle from Matera um, for his try and then go again like that takes a proper athlete because Matera hits like a dump truck and and he thought, "Well, I've really hurt him," and he went again. Yeah, and it was it shook his feelings. There's no doubt he was, you know, he he felt every bit of that impact. But to be able to still go again just shows what he is capable of doing. And I I'm super excited about where he can go and the and the dynamics of that back row where they can complement one another, where he can do ball carrying. You know steel ball at rock time, you know clear rocks, and happy to do that, not richard hill role, but um but a role of of a bit of everything jack does does his ball carrying and and big hits, and josh you know does the groundhog. hog um you know ball carrier where, where needs be. It just feels like there's really nice balance there at the moment and then you've got the likes of Pete coming in to be able to play any of those positions and have big impactful moments as you want from the bench. Yeah, drive standards and make sure that
1: everybody, no one's getting carried away and then they might not get in the Leinster team. Who knows when uh, when they get back to Leinster as
0: well. Enjoy the pulsating thrill and excitement of freehand racing this week. You can't beat the feeling seeing the race unfolding live in front of you or doing it in style and comfort. Enjoying delicious dining at our bar and restaurant. Be there. See Shelburne Park Greyhound Stadium. IE to book and to check out our excellent offers and
1: packages. Just briefly to finish on the Carberry, the, the match that he played where he starts at 10. His tackle technique is excellent, he makes his kicks, he creates a bit of space, and then he finishes the game at 15, and they make sure that they're given as much game time to him as, as possible to show, we have your back, we trust you, this is an environment you're going to flourish in. Um, he's obviously not at Sexton's level just yet, but it couldn't have gone much
0: better for Carberry over the period of time, could it? Yeah, he'd, he'd have been extremely happy with um, with that week. I find, I find it interesting that reading Andy Farrell that it was important that Joey had a week where he, wasn't looking over his shoulder about Johnny you know being there and out in the field and so on yeah. that he was able to control and run that on himself and and it does feel like you won't maybe tr- see the true Joey Carberry until until Johnny's gone um, where he can he can impact things himself as the number one or the perceived number one um, get rid of those shackles that I'm sure the captain of the Irish rugby team is going to have on him that that's human instinct to the guy ahead of you is the leader of the team one of the most important players you know when I come in I want to do a good job but to have the freedom to do that without him watching on from the sideline maybe he was watching on but not actually out there training yeah. and running through things and running the opposition must have been quite a much freer week for him and that's what he'll need he'll need more of those opportunities and I thought he did very very well kicked extremely well both from hand and, and tee um, made some very efficient and, and um you know maybe not impactful well, he had one big hit on Maroney um, the rest of them you know, a lot of neutral tackles which is really only all you'd expect really from your right half in most teams um, and then they didn't lose their shape too often He he got the ball once or twice behind the pod where it mightn't have been needed or he could have just played in that support role behind it. I don't know whether that was a communication issue between Murray and him but there was no panic. And he's got the footwork to be able to get himself out of those sticky patches. That's yeah. the beauty of it. So very, very pleasing for him coming through. And and we're going to need to give him more game time again, no doubt. Um, the fullback thing at the end, is that just, a, okay, this
1: game's over. Let's see what happens. Are you going to take him off? No, actually, stick him a fullback and see what happens. Or is that like, you know, in in a tournament over the course of a tournament where we're going to be up against potentially South Africa or France, Sexton's playing really well he's playing really well do you want to get him in the team
0: for half an hour or 40 minutes is it something that they're genuinely thinking about? I think on a, on from a bench perspective who the other personnel might be um, I think it it's relevant so if you look at the back three from last weekend Hugo was the really only out and out full back um, James Lowe could play there at a push Balakun no uh, doesn't have the kicking game for it so you're going to have to have someone that plays wing and full back okay. on the bench yeah. there unless Joey Carbery's a a 15 option and then you can start looking to a center come winger rather than a, you know a a natural full back yeah. so it does bring so someone like Keith Earls again I know he's played full back but you know he's he's a better center and winger than he is a full back um he's played more minutes there, so um so it just comes down to your twenty three selection I think rather than necessarily finding a role for him in a World cup game
1: yeah okay, that makes a lot of sense and i, I mean they're very open we're already thinking about these things we're on a, a two year journey here and it's working out for us the um The stuff that will make us uh pause a little bit, I think is the quality of performance in particular that France put in against the All Blacks Um, uh, one of the sliding doors moments potentially in World Rugby is um, New Zealand get back into the game and there's a kick through and it's one of those races that you never know what's going to happen ball could bounce either way it bounces up for Antimac, and eight and a half seconds later the ball is down the other end of the pitch and you're
0: like oh Jesus France are back yeah it was amazing wasn't it it was really amazing to watch the whole stadium stands up and And the calmness as well gosh he's He's got a maturity to him, and yeah, but that also takes a big fitness as well. That has a you've got to back yourself as well to, to not, um, to not just automatically panic and kick the ball out and think that there was danger. That it's it's that switch flipped from danger to. We're on. Yeah, They're disjointed. It's the transition piece we talk about so often. Where you're at your most vulnerable is when you turn the ball over because you're attack minded and how quickly can you get into defensive mindset. And some teams struggle. And depending on... on particularly those situations where it's almost a try-scoring opportunity so the team is littered all over the pitch. So they're, def- they're all of a sudden they're defending in ones and twos. That's where they're at their most vulnerable. So if you have the wherewithal to go, right... Turn that defensive situation where anywhere in the stand will do to hang on, we're off. And then the subtlety of the hands, the link play like all <laughs> of it was see magic. The pass. And I, I think watch even, it back about three times. And even, and even Wokey, um, I thought he did, made the right play. He, wasn't, he didn't butcher anything. Defe- winger stayed off or, or centre stayed off. He's got to carry that. He's got to go forward. And you, you play the next phase rather than shipping on something where you're going to get tackled into touch or, you, you know, you, you'll lose that next collision. He, he was aggressive and said, right, I'm going to pin my ears back. I mightn't get there, but then come and support me. And, and they were scrambling at that stage. So it would have been one of the all-time amazing, amazing tries. A real pity that it wasn't. The fact that they tried it,
1: though, and, like, it, it, you can see how that is just the type of thing that your whole culture... And DuPont being... The best player in the world at the moment. The, the combination of what they have, they have a fearsome pack who are full of bullies, and they have some of the silkiest backs we're ever going to see. It's it's breathtaking. It's a terrible shame they're on the same side of the draws as in the World Cup, but um, like that would stop us getting carried away. We're not the best team in the world. They are the best team in the world. And the second best team in the world are South Africa, or maybe it's one and two, and then you'd still probably put New Zealand. We'll see next summer. So we're in the, and then England. So we're in like a top five if we're lucky. That's okay. That's that's an acceptable place to
0: be, two years out. Yeah, it is. It absolutely is. Um, yeah, we won't get carried away because you know in, the, in a quarter final that we if we find ourselves getting out of the pool, which we still have to beat Scotland and or South Africa to do that. Um, you know, to get into that quarterfinal, you're gonna come up against an ex-nemesis in New Zealand or the hosts in France that are desperate to win this World Cup. They let the one in '07 go. They really did let it slip. It was theirs for the taking. They had a great team. Um, so this, the building of their team looks great. I think their conditioning looks on a different level. What uh, in the second row. It's like, a big change, isn't it? Oh he's like he must have lost four or five kilos at least. Cyril Bay playing brilliantly for Toulouse and um, and and France, his offloading game as well as his work in, you know in the tight. Um, Marchand wasn't even playing and you have Movaca coming in at Hooker and, and doing a brilliant job. Um, and, and obviously that back row as well. You know, you put Wokie w- into, or Cameron Wokie is it, um, into the second row, plays at six, you know, f- for club. But then Aldridge, playing at eight, You know, was nominated for Six Nations Player of the Year this year and European <sighs> player as well. So They're pretty good. <laughs> these guys are good. These are, these are really, really good players. And what they're doing is their best players are bringing the rest along with them. They've got... Five or six really world class players, but also the dynamic of bringing Dante in in the center where vakatawa you know can do that job at thirteen and fiku can play be the silky silk in that relationship um and then the finishing pair I think they've a real find that um at full back too um he's you know i haven't seen an awful lot of them and he's um he was really good during the summer um against Australia and I don't know I think he is you know someone that's the security blanket that they really need um to um to just give them the stability elsewhere so yeah I'm I'm super impressed with um with that performance because as a young team, there, it was put to them. Yeah. They gave up their lead. Yeah. What could they find? How could they find another dimension to get themselves through? And the, and the answer was yes. And the other thing is that um, it's great to watch. The style of play that they have embraced is not
1: to try and copy what South Africa do. And they're not just, um, you know, it, they're they're being true to themselves and true to their best selves, which is exactly what you want in world sports. It, it's what I think Ireland are doing under Andy Farrell, is that we're being creative and we're tapping into who we are.
0: So... Um, that I really like from Irish perspective we don't see that shape we're not seeing that shape anywhere else it's ours alone you mean yeah I, I, I yeah. don't think other teams are, are doing that is it Leinster a bit um, what comes first? Here yeah, there's yeah, there's a bit of that in there. I think that it's a it's a version of Leinster's, um, but I think the work rate of the back three has a massive impact on the creation of overlaps out wide, and I think that you can't undersell that. Hugo Keenan, Larmer for Leinster, um, Conway for Ireland. Those those two in the in the New Zealand game and the and the J- uh, Japan game very very impressed. Balakun as good as he was when he got the ball it felt as though he missed the opportunity of going roaming a little bit more you saw more involvement from conway didn't wait for it to come to his wing like like Lowe doesn't wait for it to come to his wing is that the type of thing you you feel like is uh, f- like this is my first cap properly in football? yeah it's like, it's like, it, it, listen it's, he's two caps in but i i would i would encourage him i would encourage yeah it? i would yeah. encourage him to try and go and Play a bit free because he's someone that's going to cause problems when he's on the ball
1: well again, there was a, a massive buzz of anticipation in the crowd the two times that he got the ball in the first half in particular it's like
0: it well, we saw what the try that he scored against usa and, and and they carved them up, but it was it was the manner in which he finish it that still took an insane finish irrespective of who the defense is yeah and um, once you break penetrate that line, you still have to go and and when you're showing that top end speed and the ability to change footwork at speed, people are going to sit up and pay attention. So you just wanted him to have more of those touches because you know he will he will frighten defenses and his opposite number more often than not when he gets it with a little bit of space and an opportunity to to, to, to put on that evasion. It's pretty exciting. It's very it's really exciting. I like you think about forgotten men like Stockdale, you know? Yeah. All of a sudden is Stockdale playing second fiddle to James Lowe because you don't see Stockdale and Lowe in the same team they're quite a similar type player you know the power side of the game the left footer um, so you've got the workhorse in in Conway brilliant in the air very good finisher packs bigger punch than he looks yeah Um doesn't make many mistakes and then Balakun has that X factor so those guys on the right um, you know Lowe and Stockdale on the left and and Hugo Keenan is the man in possession now and I just don't see any displacing of him the only thing the only problem would be like where Sexton
1: irreplaceable no injury at 10 ever allowed uh, Murray no injury at 9 ever allowed now it's like okay well, you know, we might be able to muddle through but if Keenan goes down it's like nobody's that good we don't have any backup to him at the moment do we who you can go yeah I, I trust you the way I now trust Hugo Keenan who's been part of our lives forever
0: yeah probably not at the moment but that comes with, he, was he played 14 consecutive <laughs> tests or something um, yeah it's, it's you all of a sudden you become very reliant on someone who you know, people would have been asking questions as to what he was doing there surely he didn't belong in international rugby yet he's played his way in a very short period of time got into the Lens team into the Irish team and now becomes uh, undroppable you know, yeah undro- undroppable um, th- I, there's other guys like Shane Daly that if he gets his opportunity I think is can be a very very good international player as well it just hasn't had that chance yeah. yet to you know and that will come through some form of injury through Hugo in the next few years or um, or he's playing as you know playing the house down for, for Munster if he does get to play at on the winger fifteen. Mike Haley, I don't see him coming. I think there's more there's a, a higher ceiling in in Daly than there is in, in Haley. Um but um, yeah, it is. It's exciting that there's, we're talking about so many different players, um, not even mentioning the likes of Keith Earls, who co- you know will come yeah. in and do a great job. I, I think um, the, the Keith Earls, the emotional intelligence that the
1: Ireland camp have shown around Earls and that he has shown as well in telling his story in his book recently, which was just made Sports Book of the Year uh, this week as well. Like That's the type of stuff that just shows you that things are being run well. You know, people are allowed to be themselves and they're allowed to to um, express what it is that's going on in their lives, and it's a welcome environment for that. So I, I think we can't overstate that. I did want to ask you about the other big story that happened this week, and that was um, Stephen Larkham. And I, I really feel like uh, Larkham is one of those kind of unfortunate sliding doors moments in Irish rugby where he never had a full deck properly to deal with. Carby was essentially injured for the whole time that he was there. Carby's just getting fit. Uh, D'Alende was available and unavailable because of just being away for whatever. And I'd love to see what, that, what his expression of this team would be if you had, say, Casey at nine and Joey Carberry at 10 and D'Alende at 12. And then let's see, what,
0: let's see what happens there. But we're never going to see it, really. No. And, and I do think that there's been huge improvements to the Munster game plan and the, the mindset this year. The offloading game. You know, all all of the provinces are trying to push the pass a little bit more, and that skill set that comes into national camp isn't generated in national camp. It's generated in the in their clubs and their provinces. So you've got to be doing that at training, and and I think the catalyst of that is definitely the Lund- the the Leinster. I was to say the Leinster, Freudian, <laughs> the Leinster setup where we th- about where all that. the players are going into international, watching them play their game and and how they've developed and. Um, And progressed and then they're bringing some of those attributes back and say this is what we need to change our game plan to compete with the best in the business at the moment or one of the best in the business
1: Because there is a a view out there and Keith Wood was talking about it this week where he was saying that he still feels that Munster are still playing a little bit South African, that Van Graan is still being a little bit old school and that they're still happy to do so there there's some games where it's all singing and all dancing and then the team will change and then the next week they'll come in and it'll be uh one out runners now okay i'm 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 oversimplifying a little bit but that was kind of the and that there was a yin and yang there and uh Larkin was the important part of that but was like no 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 and van gran it's it's you know symbolic he's going back to his spiritual home this week in in South Africa and there's still no confirmation that he's
0: Signed up for the two-year deal that has been uh, mooted, so you'd imagine on the back of this news they wouldn't want to lose. Well, him it also would you be know. interesting, wouldn't it? Um, and and uh, you always question in those situations the chemistry between a head coach and a and an attack coach when they leave after a couple of years. It's I know it's his third season, but he came in the middle of his. Um, first one so he yeah. didn't really have a chance to, to stamp his authority in that shape um, so realistically he's had two runs at it and I do think there's been a big progression this season so you know he talked about family reasons and maybe that is very very much the case that his family haven't settled and they want to go back to Australia and there will be opportunities for him in Super Rugby back, you know, back there but um, but yeah, it is a it is a shame that we mightn't be getting to see the best of what Stephen Larkham can contribute because he, it does feel like he need it, it's an improvement again. So, I'm I'm going to say year his year two was really year one, and then so an improvement in year two. What could year three look like? And they've got the personnel now, That's the ish. players to yeah. be able to play that style. D'Elende I must say, even from his World Cup. Performances, he's a miles better player than I thought he was. I thought he was a very good stand you know, Springbok standard, physical, good defending player. He's got way more to his game than I initially had an appreciation for, and he's one of the informed players in the world at the minute. Hardly ever makes an error, brilliantly defensively. It's spiky. Oh, got an edge. Um and yeah, want. yeah, and so he, he, I can see him fitting into that monster setup, but there's going to be a big price tag on his head now. Um, you know, with this next contract, I don't know, what is he 27 or 28? So his next two or three year contract will be big, so there'll be lots of people biting at, at getting you know his signature.
1: Tyke Furlong's out a contract at the end of the year as well. That's his his um, negotiation plan has worked out quite well, yeah, it really has. Just he, as, a, as he, a sideline,
0: there, yeah, he could not be better positioned to possibly being the biggest best played player in Ireland and he deserves it he does deserve it his his evolution of his game we thought we'd a great player in the Lions in 2017 um but he really is the envy as tight heads go of of the world there's definitely definitely not a better tight head in the world than Tyg Furlong. I think we can categorically say that and be happy to be quoted on that um yeah, he's um, he's going to get well paid. He yeah. should get well paid. Yeah, he, you know it's not an easy business that he's involved in. No, you know? no, and you never he's know. Clashing heads with guys the whole time, but um, when you've got other strings to your bow as well, he they should and will have to probably, maybe not break the bank, but they'll have to go to Johnny's level definitely to to hold on to him. Um, um, the only thing is, he's not going to want to give up international. But I tell you, it will be very interesting. He goes away. <laughs> Whether oh, sorry, whether they select a him or not. Do we, are the, <laughs> we say that there's a tight head rule? <laughs> if
1: you're a farmer and you're a tight head, we have a special rule for you. Um, there's no obvious Irish candidates, or are there, for the replacement for Larkham? Mike Prendergast was mentioned by Keith Wood. That would be interesting, obviously. Um, he's gone off and done really well for himself. Um,
0: yeah. Are there any others that are out there? Because yeah, Prend- Prendy's gone. Is he in Claremont now? Or he was in Rasting. Um, Trying to think where he'd moved this year. Um but was he, at, he was still at Racing but I can check on that. <laughs> you no, know, I thought he moved. Anyway, he has obviously impressed. I don't to be honest with you, I don't know an, enough of other than watching the style of play of what um what Racing have done. Um and Guidance he's given, he. I bet you he'd say he was, he's not even really a coach of them, he's a facilitator for them to show their skill set. They just play heads up. There's so many smart footballers in that Rossing team, particularly Finn and Vakatawa. Um, so when you look at the qual, their quality is Fiku playing for Rossing this year as well. I think he is. Is
1: it harder to work with a team that's those? Like And to try and get them to do stuff
0: no you know? I think I, th- I think that 's easier. I think you just go off you go lads um here 's a bit of shape here 's an idea what you think about this because their i q will be as high as his, um, certainly in finn 's case, and Vakatawa sees space sees opportunity um, so and fiku likewise really understands space and um the speed of of a pass what it can do versus trying to run into that space so if you look at that three quarter line um that's pretty ex- exciting so and he's in with the shout with he oh, yeah, has to be you know he's he obviously, I mean, obviously what he he's gone off him. and built the you uh, know international uh, ip from another country um and he's done very well with it so he will bring back lots of other thoughts of what he learned from uh, as a player in Munster. Um, so, yeah, he's got to be in the conversation and nice to be able to bring your own back because they they bring that passion aspect as well. Um, Anybody else obvious in the Irish? Maybe Geordie Murphy. Um, he's, you know, I know he's out of rugby at the moment, but still keeping his eye in on, on what opportunities might lie there. So I think he is a r from my experience as a brilliant thinker of the game, sees and understands space very well and the creation of it. Um so yeah, I, I would even though it didn't go great for him in Leicester as a head coach I think maybe he needs to cut his teeth a little bit more Well that was a
1: very difficult job to walk into in the middle of a you're kind of already part of the system that's
0: yeah, really and struggling and also yeah it was it was, it was a struggling team the, the personnel was a big change the expectation was was very high but yet the personnel weren't there to be able to match that expectation so it did feel like a real Cyclical piece where he got the you know the trough of it and it, and unfortunately came out the the worst for it um, and now all of a sudden you know you you put it you see some personnel coming through and the you know Kevin Sinfield and Borthwick and obviously their coaching has done wonders for that but it does feel as though some of those foundations I'm sure were built by Geordie and his team to allow them to do that yeah okay so there's,
1: there's enough there and like maybe the other thing is they do go out and they get another Stephen larkham style person who injects a massive skill set into it and that's not a bad thing either
0: but it just the the issue is what role do you give them um, do you get them to come in and do a t- you know play attack is it a, an inherited attack game do they fit the same philosophies that your team that has been built in the last three or four years fit um so it's it's a trickier one be- yeah. and that's what makes it all the more frustrating that did feel as though that they were building something who's, there who's
1: picking it um
0: yeah yeah so obviously you need you talk about the the chemistry need for van gran and that person to come in for them to like each other to to have similar philosophies and whether they're willing to bite their lip and play the Van grand style or the style that that Larkham leaves behind yeah. and go with that or whether they want to come in and tear that game plan up and and hit their, hit them with their own one it's, it's a tough call it's yeah. a tough call you'd have to imagine it's the former that it'll be someone who'll come in and buy into what the development of the environment has shown in the last number of months in particular this season. It's a big decision for them and they've got to get it
1: right. A reminder that rugby and off the ball is with Vodafone, official sponsors of the Irish rugby team, team of us, everyone in. The uh, return of the games this weekend and then the quick fire into Europe,
0: it's actually not a bad time of year. Do the players enjoy this time of year? Um, yeah, I, listen. They're they're bouncing after that November, so I think a lot of them will be off on holidays um, for three, four, five days, right. and um, just to recharge the batteries. Because you know the the funny thing, particularly with, with Leinster, you know, and, and obviously it'll be different for the other provinces. You know, with number lesser numbers being filtered back into the into the team, but they've all been playing together. You know, twelve of the starting team yeah. against the All Blacks, and so on, so. It's not also they're comfortable now in that environment of fitting in and they play a relatively similar style so I don't think it'll be overly difficult I'm not sure who their first Champions Cup game is against Wasps I mm, can't think but but yeah they won't need to all play this weekend um, but that's that's been their hallmark the last while is is different teams just personnel fitting in a bit like Ireland look as though they're developing themselves. Whereas the other problems is De I am sure won't be getting this weekend off. He'll be back in. Straight back in, yeah. Um, <laughs> and yeah, they've got to get their money's worth. Yeah, well, he hasn't played yet this season no. for them. It's been the world's longest rugby championship and November series.
1: Um, there is a Barbarians game this weekend. It's the final, final, final game of um, uh, Rob Carney's career, a, a going away almost as long as yours. It has to be said.
0: Yeah. God, how embarrassing for him.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what
0: uh, what what do you expect from um, Rob Carney in his final game? The, should I take the piss out of him and say it's not suited to his game, catching, kicking, bur- barbarians bur- bur- Murrumbearians. I you know why he deserves a Crowd to go out on it would have been you know to limp out with you know in a foreign country. Yeah, there were crowds in Australia, but he didn't know when his last game was going to be. To so have this moment, I'm I'm interested to see how um, how good his skills are, having not picked up. A ball, um, with, you know. I think he did a bit of training with Leinster last week to try and hone his skills. So that's not easy. Um He's been working on his fitness with the coolie kickums over the course of the summer. So he would always be a fit guy. He's in good shape. Um But a great opportunity for his family and his friends to travel over to Twickenham and to play. Because lots of people didn't get that round. when they when they finished during COVID. Yeah, well, you think about Ferg and um, you know other you know other guys um that. Unfortunately, yeah, kind of not that limped out, but you you deserve. You put in a ten-year plus stint. You deserve the acclaim of of the crowd and their their appreciation for a job well done and your efforts over the course of that decade. So the barbarian seems a like good crack as well. Oh yeah, it's proper crack. Yeah, I haven't. I just texted him at the start of the week, but he was saying they were already over there and it already looked like it was a good bond. So yeah, it's about. You know, good few beers early on in the week. Try and leave it on Wednesday night. You know, there's nothing to be had on on Thursday night pints um, because you know you still have to play eighty minutes you and don't people people in order to take the wins of your, your your sales. Um, I've got one of my one or of two of my own barbarian stories that I'll keep for another time on that front. <laughs> but but um, yeah, it's it's a great time and you know good fun and get to play with you know some of the. Biggest names in in the world that are, you know, playing great rugby
1: and an yeah. all time great Irish career. Like we, you know,
0: there like, for all the big days, all the big days, all the big days, except for last weekend, uh, two weekends ago. Um, pretty much everything, you know, even when there was question marks around his performance, he delivered, and was there for grand slams, championships, um, Heineken Cups, um, All Blacks. So, yeah, he, he he can't feel as though too aggrieved about not having delivered at the at the very best uh, level Brian good stuff thanks mate nice one cheers Brian O'Driscoll on Off The Ball
1: with Vodafone official sponsors of the Irish rugby team team of us everyone in
0: in your Corner and undefeated champion. It's Irish tax rebates. Get the Irish heavyweight to help you reclaim your tax. The average rebate is a massive 1,092 euro, and at seven percent, it's the lowest fee in the land. Claim your 2021 tax rebate now at IrishTaxRebates.ie.